Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find opinion articles, podcasts, including ours truly, and also modalidades, if you will. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Uh, where you can get merch, you can sign to get exclusive content and share your Benfiquism. Ser Benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talk to the Dog Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, como é que é, amigo? It's been a while. What's up? Benfica podcast, peoples. Where have you guys been? I've missed you. Missed you guys. Glad to be back. <laughs> Dave de Oliveira, up in the Great White North. What's happening? Nothing much. Missed you guys uh, as well. But, uh, you know, we keep the uh, Holy Week holy here at the uh, Benfica podcast. <laughs> good call, Dave. I never thought of that excuse, but that's a good one to use. Um, the fact of the matter is that we, we had some conflicting schedules and we couldn't get it all together. And, we, you know, so we weren't, we weren't able to make it last week, but we are here this week. That's all that matters. Feeding bunnies all ain't easy, guys. That's all I got to say. That's right. Welcome, Chico Marcelino, as always. Epa, já está malta. Como é que é? Chico Marcelino está a dizer we're going to have the German JJ next season. Beleza. É, pá. Chris, you're all in for that, right? Oh, bora. Bora. <laughs> He was here. Can't be worse um, than what we got now. For sure. Um, so, what we got on tap tonight, episode number 404. 444. 444. 444. Uh, we will look back at the Liverpool game and the Sporting uh, game, and we'll also look ahead to the Uh, it, it's no use to go back and talk about the B-side game. As we all know, that was a 3-1 result uh, with a hat-trick from uh, your boy Darwin, Cristiano. So, Woo! good win for us. Then, we moved on to uh, Liverpool. Uh, let's start with that. Vlacolimus in goal, Gilberto Otamendi, Vertonghen and Grimaldo. Weigl and Tarapt, Gonçalves and Everton, Ramos and Darwin. Our strongest... Uh, 11, I would say. Uh, maybe because Rafa wasn't available, but Gonçalves was in there. Carrying a 3-1 deficit into Anfield wasn't going to be an easy task. Um, but I think that, um, you know, Benfica had a, a good posture early on. Uh, we had that one Everton shot in the 13th minute. Uh, and then the, the set-piece goals, as always, uh, have been... Uh, a little bit of a letdown this season, especially when you're coached by a guy whose specialty was the set pieces. <laughs> so, here we are. Cristiano. Um, I mean, do we need do we need to go through this, this Liverpool game? I think everybody saw it. Yeah, I, I of course. That, uh, 
of course. No, in terms of like more more detail, I I, I thought that the attitude of the team was was good attitude. I know that Liverpool rested some some guys, but some, I think the some guys probably a lot of them, right? I'm not familiar with the with their nine out of 11. eleven regulars. I mean, that's a little bit more than some, but nine they, and eleven regulars. It's almost like so. a almost like like Portimonense lined up against exactly. Portimonense. Portimonense tried to take a page out of Liverpool's book. It worked for them. They figured it might work for them, but unfortunately, the four string goaltender wasn't up for his best day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we got the the in the 21st minute 1-0 uh for for Liverpool and and at that point I thought maybe oh man here we go. Uh but in the 32nd minute Ramush uh got the game level uh, unassisted. Um and then uh in the 50 uh then at that, how are you, let me ask you this Dave, how are you <laughs> feeling going into the half? I mean, we're still on a on a deficit, right? Still, still in the deficit. Still need two goals to even have a shot of uh, qualifying. But I mean, we sat here and expecting a, a five nothing defeat against Ajax. So I don't think uh, a one win at Anfield against Liverpool. We can't be too uh, too disappointed going at half. Coming out of half, different story by some of the uh, the mistakes that led to uh, goals there uh, for Liverpool, but. I mean, one-one at halftime uh, at Anfield. You can't uh, really complain. Sienna, how are you feeling going into the locker room, tied? It's been so long, I forgot how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> now, look um, again. As as look, let's start from the top, right? We're not going to sit here and try to play people stupid. At the end of the day, we recognize that Liverpool were playing with a lot of their their quote unquote B team players. You know, not B team players, but B. Uh, selection players, right? The, the backups to the, to the regulars. But nonetheless, Benfica has to do their job, and they can only play who's put in front of them. And um, it's one of those games where you as a fan, you start thinking, well, do you know the fans, the support is going to be there. We are playing against the secondary lineup. And pop, it could be one of those days. It could be one of those magical days. The game starts. You're hanging in there. And then it's just – it gets frustrating watching Benfica at times, guys. Because Liverpool is the type of team that even with their quote unquote B lineup, they're good enough to beat a lot of a lot of decent teams um, on their day. They don't need extra help. And it's like, you know, to use a tennis term, all right, the unforced errors. Like Benfica just unforced there over and over. We commit childish turnovers. Um and it's just it's unlike the Benfica that we've all grown accustomed over the years, the teams, the Benfica teams that play in this stage of the Champions League, you know, this this is not that Benfica. We, we were all very aware of that. But at the same time, we still felt that maybe, you know, as a Benfica, right, we're always going to have that hope. The last thing that goes from the fan, right, is the hope. É a última coisa, esperança. Right. That's always going to no matter how, how high the mountain is, no matter whatever it is, you got to climb. It, it's that. Deep down inside, man, you always got hope. And things were a little sloppy at times. Benfica struggled at times to get out of their own end. Nonetheless, I felt that, you know, they could catch this Liverpool team napping. We saw it in the first game at the Stade de Luz, where Liverpool applies tons of pressure. They play very high up, right? But at the same time, they give you tons and tons of space to operate with, right? And it just comes to 
you having to do your job and convert those few opportunities. And look, Gonzalo Ramos, as you said before, unassisted. It was a lucky ricochet. You know, Diogo Gonzalez tried to get involved. I still don't know this. Look, I, I didn't even get to see the replay. I was just happy. Um, you know, the replay, like what I'm saying, when I say I didn't get to see the replay, meaning I didn't get to see different angles of the replay. I don't have that to me. One replay looked like it came off of the Ogon South foot. The other replay looked like it came off of liver. So I just didn't care. We scored a goal. And to me, the most shocking thing was that Gonzalo Ramos was able to finish from that far out and beat a world-class goalkeeper. was arguably the best goalkeeper in the world from that far out. So credit to him. Tucked it inside the post. Neatly, you know, picked the, picked the corner, was able to hit it, and, and fantastic. And so, look, Benfica went into the half. And you as a fan, you start wondering, man, Alfred, pa aquele manco, o Rafa, se tivesse aqui fazia diferença. <laughs> right? You start to question like, epa. But then at the same time, right, this, this is me, guys. You asked me how I felt, right? And I know I'm, it's a little long, but hey, I'm talking about how I felt. In the back of my mind, you know that 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 this is, there's still this this heavy, heavy hitter, this, this, this fright train that's still going to come through at some point. We know it's coming. But you start, you know, about maybe these guys, hey, maybe it's the back. And then, you know, so you, you kind of, as I said, you had that that uneasy feeling and in, in going, at least I did going into the half that, you know, things could get dirty. But at the same time, we could catch these guys napping. Um, and yeah. I think Benfica did show uh, on a few occasions that they can, you know, pose some danger to, 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 to Liverpool's back line. And um, look, it was interesting to say the least. Yeah, look, no, it, was sorry for being situations, it was one of those situations that Benfica goes into this game with, with really nothing to lose, right? Uh, I mean, 3-1, let's just go out there, play our game, and, and hopefully, like you said, we'll catch Liverpool napping and we could get one in there. But going into the half 1-1 one, one, um, wasn't a bad result. Uh, of course, we came out of the locker room and, and 10 minutes later, uh, the Vlakovimus bobble, Vertonghen poor clearance, uh, ends up. You guys hear me? Yeah, perfect, loud and clear. Okay, I'm trying sad. to forget it's, about the moment, but you're, the only, you're uh, relieving it here for us. Dave, the only sad thing is that Vlakovimus don't hear you as loud and clear as Dave and I. Yeah, Vlakovimus bobble, Vertonghen poor clearance, and uh, and Liverpool put uh, were up to one. Uh, and I think that. You know, and then 10 minutes later, and that's another set piece, the 3-1. And I think at that point, I think it, it took any hope that I had um, out of me with the 3-1. Because it just, it just made it a really tall ask uh, for Bifiga to come back with that. But sure enough, 73rd, and we got 3-2 from Yarmchuk. And the 82nd, 3-3 from Darwin with an assist from João Mario. And look. It, it it wasn't a win, it wasn't a loss. But at the end of the day, the way I look at this is that this was a respectable showing by Benfica at Anfield against a Liverpool team that, whether it's their A squad or their B squad, are always going to compete with whoever they play against. So I think that I was very happy and proud of of the way this team played at Anfield, at the way this team performed throughout the the Champions League. Uh, and I think that that also showed by the the two thousand two thousand something fans that were there and the way they cheered for the team. Um, I thought it was a very respectable performance and showing by Befica. Dave, 
100%. You, and I'm glad you gave the fans a shout out because I think they were the uh, the real MVPs of uh, not only this match, but they've had this team's um, support and they've had this team's back um, when really there's really not been much to celebrate or cheer about uh, this season, but the fans have kept uh, supporting through uh, thick and thin. So definitely wanted to give a shout out to the uh the fans who went over there and um made their voices heard uh i think they were probably the uh like i said they were the mvps of this uh this match here and uh what an experience to go to anfield and to uh to support benfica and really uh, like you said 3-3 draw uh is a positive result not the result we needed to go through but uh again 3-3 when you're looking at the overall picture and i've got uh, some stats on how benfica did overall this year in europe but uh definitely much better uh european campaign than uh last season when we were talking about powell in the uh, the first uh, qualifying leg so yeah. much better to see here uh chris let me ask you about the the one happening that that took place after the game have you ever seen a team come out of the locker room and go and applaud the, the, the fans that were still cheering even after they went to the locker room after the game was over? My memory is, is, is you know, I had a little bit too much Easter um, bunny over the weekend, so my memory might be a little foggy, but I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point um, throughout these European games, I mean, you see – Fans of other clubs is like Benfica travel very well and, you know, they support their club to the maximum. I'm pretty sure that clubs have done it. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Benf didn't didn't they do it as well last time Benfica were at Manchester United that everybody went crazy about the support? If you guys recall, um, Benfica, like the, they, they, they were all over the news because obviously after the game being over for a little while, it, you know, the fans are still up there singing. And I think that made the news waves. I think Benfica, if I'm not mistaken, I think they did it as well. But again, it's a sign of respect by the club. It's good to see that these guys realize and recognize the sacrifice that a lot of people make to be at these stadiums supporting our beloved Benfica. And it's good to see that that respect, you know, being uh, returned. And so it was, as a Benfica used to made me proud, made me proud uh, that, that the, again, not not from the fans point, because I think the one thing we all knew for a fact going into this game was that the fans were going to be there. That support was going to be there. I mean, that that's unconditional. You get what I'm saying? We all know. Benfica Polvari. Look, we don't know if they're going to lose 5-0 or going to win 5-0, but the only thing I know for a fact is that the fans are going to come and then rock out and support. So um, credit to them. We know Benficistas are, are spectacular. And not just Benficistas, man. You see footballing fans, fans that love, adore their club. Look at Frankfurt. Frankfurt went to Camp Nou with 30,000 people. I mean, that's passion. You know what I mean? So credit to the Benficistas. Credit to Benfica to recognize. And it was just, look, it was just a very good, very nice, very pretty, very, you know, poetic scene. And I think, it, as you said before, it was it portrayed a great image to, 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 you know, the Europeans, you know, that really don't follow Portuguese soccer or, or, or have forgotten or a lot of the youngsters who never knew. Can you Benfica? You know what yeah. I mean? I think some people, a lot of those young, you know, youngsters from Liverpool are, you know, realizing that, opa, I read a book about this. It was, you know, a long time ago. But, yeah, I read a book about this Benfica team. Yeah, they had a great support. Oh, sh yeah, look, it's, you know, fascinating. So credit yeah. to them. I don't know. The only yeah, thing no. I disagree The only thing I disagree with the whole thing is, you know, I love you, but the whole thing, I'm very proud. No, nah, listen, look, 
We tied 3-3. It, it was good. We didn't come out of there with an embarrassment. You know what I mean? We were down 3-1. The team fought. That's great that they fought. Um, Could have been ugly. And so I respect them for, for, for not hanging their heads. I respect them for going ahead and, and following through and finishing the job and trying to, you know, what do we always say, Alfred? Onraya Camisola, right? You know what I mean? That's yeah. exactly what they did. I don't know if I'm proud of the 3-3 three, three on the road. You know what I mean? Like, proud. Befico, Befico. We got to win these games. At some I, point. I, We're not there yet. The, the, the pride sentiment is probably over what we've done in Europe this season, right? So – we had a tough game at PSV. We got past them. Then we had Bayern. We had Barcelona. We had Ajax. We had Liverpool. I mean, these are some of the top teams in Europe, regardless of the moments of form that they're in, right? These are some of the top teams in Europe. And I thought that in contrast to what we've done in past years in the Champions League, I have to be proud of, of what the team did. So my sentiment of pride um culminated with the fans cheering and applauding and singing for the team at the end of the game even though we were eliminated out of Champions League I think that 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 just encapsulated all of what the team has done over over the past three or four months in the Champions League and I think and I think you have to be proud of of their campaign they yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm look. I'm I'm 100% with you. Three years ago, we didn't even get a point in the group. Two years ago, we didn't even qualify. This year, we made it to the quarterfinals. So of course, ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. But Dave, what was your was your feeling? You know, what that? Do you feel? Are you happy with the campaign that Benfica has, has had this season? Certainly, I've said here a lot of the highlights of this season have been in Europe. Yeah, for sure. Up until this past Sunday, you would. You can argue that th those were the only highlights, really, because what highlights were we getting from the Portuguese league? I, I can't think of one. Maybe the Braga thrashing, if you want to call that a, a highlight. But other than this past Sunday, I, there, I don't see any highlights from the, the Portuguese league, uh, league. It's just been a complete and utter failure from, from that uh, competition standpoint. So, yeah, if you're doing a a season recap at the end of the year, which I'm sure we'll do uh, in about a, a month's time here. But if you're looking for highlights, you just got to watch the Champions League campaign because uh, you're not going to get many from uh, the Portuguese league uh, side of things. Dave, the 7-0 yeah. victories, that's not a highlight? It's a low Is light. That again? Oh, in like, uh, like 48 geez. minutes? <laughs> that's impressive. That one, Yeah, no, that one's for the I'm history joking. books. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, no, look... We're always clamoring how Benfica needs to step up and and really represent and and be a mirror of of the history that they've had in in Europe, uh, not only in the '60s but also Benfica in the '80s was a team to contend with in yeah. in Europe. Uh, so I'm happy that we were up there again. I thought that we left a good image, uh, but but more than that, uh, there's a financial gain out of it, uh, and then. When you're trying to attract talent, when you're trying to attract players, uh, these are the types of images that you want to leave that probably guys look at and say, yeah, look, they got great supporters. They have a great showing in Europe. Um, and this would probably be a team that I would consider to go play for. So I, I thought in, in that aspect, I, I thought that we did extremely well. Same part. So. See, it's it's about winning though. Guys want to go to, to to organizations, clubs 
that are on the upswing, I guess, with the new coach coming in. He's got a name somewhere. He's going to bring some guys from the house. That's what it's about. As you said, Alfredo, the image that was put forth to the, to, to the world, um, to European, you know, to, 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 to the Europeans watching this game. And, you know, obviously, so whatever, everybody around the world. I don't even know why I said Europeans. But into the world, I think I think it was it was a good image. I think it's it's a pretty sight. Shows the world that Benfica's got serious supporters. And as you said, man, I mean, any player um, that's seeking that, that's craving that type of attention in club and big club atmosphere, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to look at that and it's going to be one of those moments yeah. that Benfica should use in a pitch to, to acquire players. <clears throat> yeah, look, I don't mind being a team that, that was defensive against Liverpool, that was defensive against Bayern. But here's the thing, right? We know that we can't compete with those teams because of we're not pulling in the millions and millions of euros that those teams pull in. But I don't mind being in the same category that Ajax has been, that Monaco has been, that Villarreal is now in. I don't mind being in that category because those teams are more of our stature in terms of you know what our financial abilities are and the leagues that we play in. Obviously, Villarreal plays in the Spanish league, but I think that when these outsider teams are able to put in good performances and get past certain teams and, and, and be in, in the elite of Europe, I think that says a lot about, you know, the team and, and the history of the team. So for that, I think that, that, that that's the one thing that I'm happy about. And I don't mind being in there every season, uh, understanding that there's a very low probability that we're going to get to the final because we really – just can't compete with the with the big sharks, but still to be in the final eight teams, I think that's a great feat for Benfica, and I think that there's a lot to be proud uh, of this team. Dave, stats on this game so we can move on. Yeah, uh, Darwin uh, broke Nunagom's uh, Champions League record with uh, six goals in a single uh, campaign as uh, for any Benfica player uh, Nunagom held the record for five goals uh, scored in a single Champions League campaign in uh, 1998 and uh, Benfica's European uh, record this season 14 games six wins five draws three defeats uh, 20 goals scored 18 goals uh, against yep not bad numbers considering what, we, what we've seen in, in the past five six seven years um, I thought you were so, going to say five nothing against uh, uh, Basilea. Yeah, I mean there was those years, and as as Cristiano mentioned, the you know the the one year with Rui Vitoria that was it Rui Vitoria that we didn't even get that one was point. The same, that was the same one. That was the same campaign there. with Basilea. Yeah, was yeah, it I that mean, that wait wait that was more than three years ago already, Dave? Jeez, I said three yeah. years ago. Wow, yeah. That's been wow. It seems three like years we still had Laj. Yeah, yeah. JJ, you had Laj a year and a half, and then you had Vittorio. Well, JJ, so. the one year we didn't go. The year before that would have been three years ago. So yeah, it was the year before that. My bad. So four years yeah. ago. My apologies. Yeah, I was off by one. My bad. Yeah. No, the point is to uh, be there every year and and have a, a respectable showing. Hey, Alfredo, I said it. I said it. I think uh, over the last couple of podcasts, I think I came out here and I said Benfica should strive every single year. Their goal, their goal should be the quarterfinals. That's their goal. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, you got to get out of the group stage, right? That's number one. That's number one. Then the round of sixteen, you should be, you know, again, depending if you, you know, you catch if you catch Liverpool 
in a way. But if you catch the Ajax of the world, the Villarreal, Sevilla's Arsenal, you know, those types of whatever, the Arsenal got to make it anyway. But you know what I mean? Those types of teams, Benfica should still strive to getting to the quarterfinals. And then after that, you know, anything is, you know, icing on the cake. But this is the type of team that Benfica needs to be because they have everything in place. Yeah. To to be that type of team, the fan support, even money wise, Benfica is the one club in Portugal that makes money. I know they don't make boatloads like other teams, you know, in, in bigger market, bigger leagues, and whatnot. But they still make enough. Benfica should be investing and in doing so and being smarter in player acquisition. It's as if what what's his name, Busu, Butu, whatever the guy left. Remember the guy he went to Shakhtar, the the, the Benfica's number one scout. You know what no, I'm talking about? But but. Whatever his name is. Yeah, once he left, it seems like they never did a good job of replacing, uh, of filling those shoes, right? Replacing him. I think Benfica just needs to do a better job, man. And it's not just about, oh, Seychelles, Seychelles, Seychelles. It, it's got to be Seychelles. It's got to be player acquisition on a free market, right? Like, I'm just using an example. Witzo, Di Maria, Matik, guys like that that will be available. Messi? No, no, no. Messi resigned. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but those types of guys that might be available because their contracts have expired, you know, a little bit older, but still could add a lot. It, it has to be going out and, and acquiring, you know, 18, 20, 21-year-olds. Uh, look, Darwin, it's, look, they, they, they've struck gold. I still contend that it was a very, very, um, it wasn't the smartest thing to do at the time. I thought it was, you know, a luxury uh, ticket that they were buying. It was a scratch-off, and, 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 you know, two years later, that scratch-off is going to hit the Euro Millions. But I thought it was, you know, a very big risk at the time. But those Benfica has to be a club that's that's got a good imagination, a club that has an idea on how to build teams. It's not just about building it through one way or another. It's got to be a combination of all these things, Okay. And and I think Benfica could absolutely build those types of teams. You know, it's Lisbon playing a beautiful stadium. The fan support is there. They got a pretty nice academy. The the weather's phenomenal. Um, South American players. I mean, it's it. You talk about adapting easily, right? Aside from going to Spain, the Spanish speaking ones. Aside from going to Spain, Portugal's the closest thing, right? Brazilians come in and simulate really easy. I just I just think that they need to start really taking advantage of who they are, where they're at, their history, as opposed to just thinking small, man. Like, think about this. I had this conversation with you, Will. Benfica, even in the forget the second game. Right. Second game, three, three. They didn't give up. Yes, it's all things that we should be, you know, clapping and, and, you know, being proud of the team for not ever giving up. It's fantastic being down three, one on the road. You know, it all could have gone ugly. But let's bring it because that game to me, as I said before, it was it was it was B stringers. Let's go back to the first game at the Stade de Luz, where we lost three to one, where they had their full lineup on the field. Benfica could have at the very at that time, they could have surprised. Liverpool, because maybe they weren't anticipating, you know, they came in, you know, ah, it's Benfica, Portuguese league, they haven't done shit in the Champions League, whatever. But at the same time, if Benfica, and I said this to you, Hugo, this loss to Liverpool wasn't, didn't start in that first game or even in the second game. This started way back in July when Benfica started building a team. When Benfica gets together in preseason, Ricos and his staff get together to build a team with the coaching staff, and they start building a team for, uh, Epa. We're building a team to, to to challenge domestically. That's where you lose these games because, again, you're going to find yourself in an opportunity like this, right, to pull off a Villarreal shocker on a Bayern Munich, right? But with the type of roster that Benfica has, that Benfica builds, that Benfica assembles, 
in August, it really gives you no chance to get to these types of games and pull off a shock because this this roster just guys just it's not very good. Yeah. So Benfica needs to start thinking a little bit bigger, right? Hey, I agree. look, hey man, look, we gotta at least get out of the group. Look, we we expect to challenge domestically, but yo, we want to catch a shark napping. Right? And that's the attitude, man. It can't just be, well, we're never going to win the Champions League, right? So forget it. We're not even going to build a team that could compete in that competition. That's atrocious. It's small-minded. I mean, Fika needs to do a better job of building a classic football team, a football team that could play football with anybody on any given Sunday. And right now, Benfica did not do that. This roster, at any time when you watch these guys play, did you ever felt feel for any moment that Benfica, with the exception of the 20 minutes in that first game against Liverpool, did you ever for, for, for a moment think, oh, Benfica could really hang in with these guys? That's 20 minutes they did. But after that, it yeah. was like, uh, you know, so they need to, mentality, think big, man. Think big. Why not? Why not yeah. us? Look at Liverpool, look at Villarreal, a, t- a, 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 a club that 25,000 people live in their city. Small-ass club. They did it. I know they, they get more funds because they're playing La Liga, yada, yada, yada. But Benfica makes a shitload of money, too, in terms yeah. of Portuguese football. So, I agree with you. You know, I think we, we've said enough already about this game and about the showing. And I thought that it was a – despite everything that's happened this season, um, I think the Champions League is is one of the highlights. And, and, and there's I don't remember many years of saying that the Champions League is one of the highlights of the season. Um, but this year, thankfully, and, and especially for us, and we've described this as being immigrants and having friends from, from many different nationalities that watch the Champions League and, and that like to discuss and like to banter with you about, you know, what your club has done, uh, especially for us immigrants, uh, you have to be happy with, with, the, with how the team showed. So moving on. Yeah, listen, Freddy's. Yeah, welcome uh, all the Freddy's. Yeah, welcome all the Freddy's, man. You guys, we've been quiet. We haven't really been speaking to you guys today. Yo, Gil, Bruno, Gil, Rodrigues, Boa noite, rapaz, abraço, Montreal. Ah, oui, oui, monsieur. Télévous, monsieur. Très bien, très bien. Uh, Boris, Timo, dear guy. Carlos, Carlos is Mr. Pop. I mean, this actually, I don't even like reading his, his message. No, I'm joking. I love Carlos. I love But Carlos is Mr. Optimistic. I love this guy. Um. Should have, you know, the Verissima deserves our respect. Had the team tactically prepared for two really tough matches versus top coaches. That's a good way to put it. But, yeah. I don't Freddy's. know, man. Bring I, it, baby. Know, I read something about that Verissima's level is really almost like a second league to uh, middle table to bottom of the table team. Uh, and that it, it's – I know that it's not easy to set up against Liverpool but it's much easier to set up defensively especially when you have the team organized as as we saw against Liverpool uh and also against Sporting uh i think it's much easier to play that type of game where you surrender possession to the other team and wait for the other team to come at you and then look and look to explore the counter attack um did he set up the team correctly i think he did but I think that defensively it's a lot easier to set up a team than to explore spaces within the other team. Here, here's where I get on Verissimo. And let's keep it on the Liverpool stuff, right? 
This is where I get on. But you mentioned it before. And we mentioned it jokingly. We always crack on this, right? We laugh about this. But here's where I get on. Varisi. First game, Steyer lose. First goal. How was it scored? Set piece. That was a corner kick. Set piece, right? I believe. Then we give up two <laughs> goals. A turn bullshit turnover. We just, and then, and then Blanco Dimas. Tiro car, puyo car. Whatever, right? He was, he was, he didn't know what to do. So, again, mistakes on our part. Second game, set pieces. Again, second goal, right, was really, I believe the second goal was, 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 was a corner kick as well, correct? Yeah, it was. Yep. Uh, in yeah. In this game? Yeah, yeah, the last game. No, this one was the another Vlaco Demos blunder, and then Vertonghen. Oh, yeah, and then the corner. Then the corner put the game really out of reach. Correct? Yeah, the third, the 3-1 was yeah. a set piece. Exactly. Well, we thought at Well, not we, but at least Liverpool thought the game was out of reach. This guy is not rapid. I still laugh, right? I still laugh at this, guys. Every time. I don't know why. When I think, in my mind, you know how we have a picture of something, a memory of something? In my mind, when I think of Bruno Lage at Benfica, and you ask me, Vrissimo at Benfica at the same time, I think of Bruno Lage sitting down in the dugout, and Bruno Lage, I mean, in, uh, in Nelson Vrissimo, during set pieces. And we joke here, like, you know, because Dave, you know, we follow American football, whatever, right? The, the, the special teams coach, offensive quarter, that's what it looked. And now the specialist, who's specialist about Right, this is how the team gets. So, was he really prepared, or was it like, "Hey, we got nothing to lose"? Fuck it, bought I don't know. That's hey, maybe somebody else took over his job, and that's why we suck. <laughs> oh, took over the special, the, but he doesn't stand yeah. up there. The specialist. So Let's maybe see. he's no longer playing, uh, pulling double duty, head coach yeah, and specialist. A, yo, there is, there is, there is this in, in American football. There's a lot of great offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators who eventually they do so good at that whatever coordinator, whatever the, the uh, defense are off, whatever they're, they're they're coaching at the time. They get a high job somewhere. They get a head coaching job somewhere else, and then they're like, "Hey, we're not coaching because we got to get a defensive coordinator." And they just sit there, and then it's like, "Yo, maybe that's what's happened to him." What do you think, Dave? Maybe the club uh, doesn't have enough monies to hire another special teams uh, <laughs> coordinator, and they're doing double duty here. The guys are uh, wearing multiple hats. Isn't that Louisville? Maybe he. There we go. Put Louis the blame Zone. on Louisville. Ah. Here first on the Benfica. But, I mean, Louisville's defended plenty of set pieces. Maybe he's ready for that role. Billy is a cut. Anyway, let's shit. move on to sporting. Uh, look, look before we go to sport, fantastic, great support. Going to Anfield, it is. I know, I know. Old Trafford has the, the, the you know, the, the, the nickname, whatever, theater of dreams. But it, it, no, it might that's be Manchester United, bro. That's what he said. That's what I said. Oh, I thought I thought you said Anfield. No, I said I know Manchester United has the moniker, yeah. the nickname of theater of dreams. But Anfield, if it's not the theater of dreams, it's El Irmão Twin. You know what I mean? And talking about twins, hey, my respect. To it's Christina the play Ronaldo. of ours. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Talking about twins, respect to Ronaldo and his family, bro. The best, whatever. Um, prayers. But yeah, if it's not the theater of dreams, it's pretty damn close. All right. And so it, it's one of those myths. I mean, it, you gotta go to the. And so credit Benfica hasn't been there since 2013, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or that 2010, 2010. And it's been a while, and we're back. And it was good to see, I mean, look, Evermelio, there's a lot of Benfiquistas with diehard Liverpool fans, you know, we're, we're, you know, their English team is Liverpool. So it was good to see the support was phenomenal. 
you know, I could I could just do without some some tears at times. You know, it's just you ever watch telenovela, yeah. same stage like that, like you know, car wreck. But yeah, it's but everything else was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. No, Boris, yeah, we, we need to be in there every every season. You know, yes, quarterfinal was way above our expectations considering how we were doing domestically and, and considering the group that we had. But I think that game by game, I, I think the fans seem to gain some confidence on this team. And uh, sure enough, they got to the distance that they got. So, praises. Cristiano, are we ready? Sporting? Falavis. Não vale a pena, né? É pá, ganhamos, tem razão, bora. É, só, falar, é, é pá, é tão fixe falar de futebol europeu. Agora vamos falar daquele futebol de, de Batatal, aquela liga. De... É pá, bora. Okay. Vai lá, fala tudo. Fala yeah. tudo. And while I was saying that Benfica's performances in the Champions League is something that could attract players to the club, when they look at the league and the joke that the league is, Uh, and I'm not just talking about refereeing. I'm talking about a bunch of other things that go on. I'm talking about the, the, the penalties, the uh, the racism that, that happens, that happened this weekend against the B team. Uh, I mean, this league is a joke. Then walk in um, the, <laughs> the, the lack of organization in terms of it, they take forever to announce the dates and times for games, it's just, it's just awful. Uh, and it's a shame, really, because there's a lot of ta good talent in, to come out of Portugal that end up in, in the biggest leagues in the world. And taking into consideration this, there should be more of an attention in terms of the league and promoting the league and finding ways to make the league fair and more competitive. And not every weekend, it seems that there's topics to talk about other than just what's on the four in, inside the four lines. So, but yeah, I leave look, that to Provence. But here's the thing. Portuguese football is in such shambles. <clears throat> a friend of mine pointed this out to me the other day. It's in such shambles that when a game is over <clears throat> and the Freddies and, and you guys that are, you know, listening, watching live, but, or, or you know, listening afterwards, thank you very much for, for, for your support, by the way, and thank you for, for listening and putting up with us. Uh, but my friend put this, put this in my mind and, and I want you guys to think about it. When we talk about a Benfica Sporting, Porto Sporting, Benfica, whatever, right? <laughs> it, Eba, majority of the conversation is not about the actual game. It's about referee. And that's only in Portuguese football. It's got to be, it's, it's got to be the only freaking league, at least that I know of, yeah. the only league in the world that, bro, we don't even talk about what happened in the game. A sporting, but we yep. talk about potential red cards and and this and that. It's just well, Portuguese football is is it's is in such a sad state that I mean, even if they are the most honest people in the world, bro, nobody nobody trusts these guys. It just it just such a bad look week in week out. It yeah. just this is this is comical. But do you put uh, the blame on the on the TV stations and the because they come up with those programs usually here on this side of the pond. You have a, a highlight show of. What you miss, what you just missed, but right after the game, it's okay. Let's recap on what the the referees missed. Was this a penalty? Should this have been a call? So they they the you got to hold the media partners to uh, a cannibal for this too, because they definitely uh, add fuel to the the fire uh, as well. well I mean, Dave, you know, yes they, they and no. The monster. Yes and no. Yes and no. Right. 
because you, you can very well pinpoint that, right? Point the finger at that, and, and I'm not calling you crazy. But as Alfredo mentioned before regarding the league, when you talk about it takes forever, dates, times, and kickoff, and, and, and freaking suspensions. Now Porto and Sporting today, the suspension came down today. They got a game tomorrow. It just, this is all farcical, right? And so when you see the, 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 the this ineptitude from the league, from top, from the top, it's hard to sit there and say, well, they're partners. And, and you're right, Dave, right? They they don't go without blame, right? But at the end of the day, it's the league. The league is the joke. The league don't care. Because to them, about at least they're talking about us. That's the way they look at it. And in reality, right? No, no publicity is bad publicity, right? Bad publicity is good, but whatever. No publicity. How does it go? No publicity equals zero publicity whatever you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so like yo they're talking about it they don't care in these tv stations at the end of the day for for as much as you want to rag on them guys right and i see somebody here talking about sam tv and yada yada hey, look nobody's forcing us to watch that crap but we still do so who's at fault at the end of the day who is it? it's like all of us complain about you know the traffic on the parkway right and 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 all that crap but we but when we go by an accident we slow down too right i mean we're at fault yeah. Nobody said, like, you know, just speed up. Don't tune into these channels. Yeah. And once you stop tuning into this garbage and the ratings start going down, because that's how you really hit these people is ratings. Yeah. And when the ratings start going down, they say, maybe we got to look at it in a whole nother way. But Dave, and again, you're not wrong, but the league is the joke in all of this. Yep. So. And it's going to be a, a concerted effort by many parties involved in Portuguese football, from the league to the social media to, to the comunicação social, uh, to the commentary programs. All of this feeds to it, and it's a, it's a snowball uh, that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and who doesn't like to uh, hear Peixarada on Sam TV? You know, people like that. People feed off of that shit, you know, because that's the banter that they would have with their friends at the, at the cafe. Uh, so when it's now on TV and you see other guys going back and forth, like you go back with your friends, people, I think people enjoy that. But it, it has to be a concerted effort from the media, from the league, to the product that they present to the audience. Yeah, but Alfredo, if the league does itself... Does a good job themselves of of curbing a lot of this bullshit. Well, that, that's right? what I mean. In 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 darle orden and put order in aquela merda. Then then these media don't have that circus to talk about. Right. Yeah, so it's it's, it's got to be the league that has to take a stand. It, it has to be the league, a hundred percent. And then the, the media league has to approach the 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 media outlets and say, look, this is the image that we're trying to portray of Portuguese football. Yep, but the league has to set the example. It's unacceptable it that Portugal has one of the lowest what uh act what is it active time whatever it is or 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 playable yeah, time like, in, in, in a game in in terms of ninety minutes it's like forty <laughs> forty nine whatever it's they're like ranked sixty first in in the world in time actually played. It's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic, and that comes on a league again. I know. That's right. I know that these media companies don't do us any favors, but nobody's for you. Don't look, bro. You don't have to watch. You have to watch, like you're a Benfiquista, you're a Sportingista, you're a Portista, you're a Juvicente, you're a Bragi, whatever the hell. 
you want to watch your team, you got to watch TV, right? You got to watch. You got to watch the yeah. Portuguese League. You got no other choice but to watch. Like, I don't – trust me, I don't watch another second of Portuguese football at all unless yeah. it's Benfica. Once Benfica, yeah. I turn it off. Now, me I don't either. have to watch – but, again, I want to watch Benfica. I got to watch Portuguese League. That, that's the only way I can yeah. – nobody's forcing me to watch the, the sport TV shows. Post and pre and arbitrage and the VAR. They got their own VAR review after. It's funny. The VAR don't work during the game, but it works after the game. I don't know. Um, nobody's forcing you to watch, you know, Sam TV, TV. You know what I mean? Like all that shit. I turn, turn it off. Hey, what time's the game, Alfredo? I can, okay, I'm going to check it out. A lot of times, yeah. as soon as the referee's like, before he goes to third, I already off. That's it. I don't yeah. really want to put up none of this crap, man. Yeah, no, and I tweeted something about in the same effect that I really only follow the Portuguese league because of Benfica, because that had not been for Benfica. Uh, and then Carlos and I traded a couple of tweets, and, and Carlos said, well, maybe they should have a, an independent auditor that would come in and audit the league, audit the refereeing, and see and, and propose changes. And I'm surprising you. That's not convenient. That's not convenient for anyone. But I was surprising. I saw that was your response, but I was surprised in you, Alfredo, because your memory, you've been eating a lot of, you know, Easter candy as well, because your, your memory's fogged up. Because you should remember the conversation that I had and you had, you were next to me with one of the best referees in the world. We yep. talked about Portuguese, Portuguese football, and he looked at us like, what? Like, that yep. shit's a joke. No, Howard, no part of it. Howard Webb. We spoke to him and we said, Howard, can we do something about Portuguese refereeing? Can't you go there and help him? And with the, he laughed at us. He's like, come on, dude. That's he know, bro, that's just too big. It has to mess. come from the league. It's these guys. There's again, no way the league Carlos has no is, interest. Carlos has got the right attitude. We all, bro. I mean, Carlos, I know you're you're a doctor and you're a smart guy, but but they have but it, no interest, bro. It's not convenient. They don't want this because, bro, then, look, they can't. You know what I mean? If you're going to have a stand-up league, now Braga might win a title. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> it's going uh, to get confusing. Uh, Boris, I don't disagree with you. Uh, Boris says Portugal is as legendary and successful clubs, players, coaches, agents, beautiful stadiums. Portugal is really a top football nation. Yes, they are, but they're run by apes, by mobsters. And when I'm talking about apes, maybe I, I, you know, maybe I should have gone. I, I was thinking about uh, we do not the condone racism on this Austin podcast. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm I'm saying when I'm when I'm saying apes, I'm talking about beings with very little in intelligence, or maybe too much intelligence to the point that they think they're smarter than anyone else. Shikspertz. Dave, you better turn off your notifications on Twitter. Thumbs, we're doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> well, it's okay if the league the league already has that uh, no racism campaign, right? And so that's what they. That's do. only for some teams, though. It's not for every team. Yeah, so we're, we'll just say no racism here on the Benfica podcast, yeah. and we're covered. We're covered. Yeah, yeah. We'll put a, right, we'll just put a hashtag on Twitter. Let's uh, Sporting game. Sporting had only lost one game at home this year. Vlacodimos, Gilberto Otamendi, Vertonghen, and Grimaldo, Weigel, and Tarapt, Gonçalves, and Everton. Uh, Ramos and Darwin. That was the starting same lineup. 11. Same lineup, yeah, same, same, same lineup. lineup as in Liverpool. 
and Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, um, there's been, I've, I've read a lot of articles and talking about, you know, how Brissim set up for this game and, and how he deployed the Diogo Gonçalves. And now at some point, Benfica was playing uh, with a line of five or sometimes six in a back. To, but the truth of the matter is that Benfica was able to uh, dry up Sporting. I don't remember Sporting really dominating in the midfield or dominating in between lines like they usually do. Uh, and then we had the, we have the the Besta Negra. Uh, what does Kondut uh, call him? The Uruguayan uh, hurricane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Furacão. Furacão. Fourteenth uh, minute beats uh, both center center backs uh, for Sporting and, and tips it over Adam. Uh, Cristiano Darwin, maybe about six, seven months ago, he's, he never puts that away. Yeah, yeah, confidence, baby. It's what confidence I, does. Yeah, yeah right? confidence. I mean, look, confidence. You, you guys made fun of me when I when I brought to light that he was got emotional because uh, he finally got no, on no, the no. scoreboard. We didn't make after fun that he got. Time. We got. We didn't make fun that he got emotional. We made fun that you got emotional. No, I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> right get emotional. There, he, I was just saying it was, Dave, it was an emotional moment. Yeah, I think he he, we got to rewind that back. Yeah. You had a tear in your eye. You said I had a tear in my eye. I gave you a tissue. Yes, yes. No I remember Alfredo vividly. might have had a crystal ball. He was already seeing what, what money we were getting we were gonna get from, from Darwin, which which made him emotional at that time. You know what the, the funny thing is that if we sell Darwin, I won't even be that bothered by it. Go uh, <laughs> you're just I really gonna won't. leave it at that. You're just gonna leave it at that. Listen. I won't. I won't be bothered by it because I, I think that there he has a lot of potential, but I, I I really I would like another player to play for Benfica in that spot. Look, I'm not I'm I'm not a Darwin guy. I've never been as you know. From day one, wasn't impressed. And I know he's been he's been killing it. He's been lights out of late. Um there's still a lot there that's left to be desired. There's still he's putting the opportunities away. His work rate, his physicality, his power, his strength, his pace. It's impressive. The guy has what we all know about Uruguayos, de garra. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, the difference between this year and, and last year is, is obviously well, probably healthy. Last year, he obviously had the knee injuries. Probably, yeah. you know, felt it a little bit longer than, than what we all knew. But um, the pressure was off a little bit. Uh, confidence is certainly there. The familiarity was there, comfort zone, or everything. And you could tell he's a different player, and the attitude um, is night and day from last season. But if you believe the newspapers, it's all Verissimo. He scored 13 goals, I believe, in 16 games on Verissimo. The guy's just the ma ma magician. It's as if these guys are trying to convince Benfica to keep this extraordinary coach. It's as if they don't want him to, 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 to get better. But that's a conversation for another day. Now, Darwin, um, I'm, I'm kind of... How do I put it? You know me. I love to eat crow, and especially when it's my teams, right? Especially when I'm like, yo, Alfredo, that guy, that guy, Alfredo sucks, and he scores four goals. Hey, hey, my team ever. Oh, my man, good. Hey, help me win. I, I like I like looking stupid. Um, And so, I look, I think he's going to leave for sure. I don't think Benfica can afford to keep him. 
Um, and when I say afford, I don't mean financially. I mean, it's a huge risk. As I mentioned before, I thought acquiring him from Almeria for the price tag that they did, I thought it was a huge risk and it paid off. And you can't turn around and have this guy's value at an all-time high and, and, and sit around and say, well, you know, we'll wait another year. And then maybe, look, he did have an injury. Maybe picks up an injury. Maybe his confidence is not the same. Maybe the new coach comes in and doesn't employ him in the same situation, in the same, you know, formation or place that he likes to play. He's not as comfortable. You know, so many things could go wrong that Benfica could be looking at that $100 million ticket and all of a sudden it's worth 60 It's still, look, for you and I, 60 is a lot of money, right? I still yeah. take 60 baby. But in a sporting world, when you have that $100 million ticket, you got you to gotta cash it in. Um, So – I. I, I'm with you. I won't be disappointed, yeah. but at the same time, what I am it, it, preoccupied about, it's not Darwin leaving. It's not the amount of money that Benfica is going to get for Darwin. What I am preoccupied about is how are they going to waste that money? Because we saw, yeah. we saw roughly 180 to, I know there was, there was, you know, rumors. It was like one, one eighteen, but that, that, that Brinho already 18 involved and whatever. But the money that we did see that Benfica got, I mean, look at those players, the key guys that they went and got. Everton's been a huge disappointment, right? That was 20-plus mil. Darwin, 20-plus mil, he's finally cashing in, so they finally got them. But last year was a huge disappointment as well. Gilberto was the guy for 1.5, and he got he got the most shit out of everybody. And he was the cheapest guy. He was like, the you know, what you pay for a freaking, you know, and that's the one that got the most shit. But he's obviously this year he's turned a lot of people's, you know, frowns into smiles. He's been he's been really good this year. I know he's not phenomenal. He's only the leader in the clubhouse full of Balon Dior. You know, it could have been it could have been better though. But <laughs> I, I do think that people are pretty, you know, they, they're starting to respect the guy a little bit more. Um Vigo, I think that 20 million, that hundred million that had Vigo's 20 included. You know, Verissimo was playing really well, got hurt. Otamendi 15, but we know that 15 wasn't 15. That was all a part of that gibberish financial fair play. So, I mean, look, the only guy that's really hit it out of the park, what do you want to say too, Dave? Two more. Uh, Walt Schmidt was a part of that. Yeah, but again, bus. We're talking about... Yeah, I, I yeah talk well, about. We're, we're talking about bus, right? And uh, Artiete was the, the first one. Out of the those. point I was... Yeah, but the point I was making, Dave, was that the only one that's really been all that we hoped for is Darwin at the end of the day, right? He, he's really cashing. And I guess Vigo to a certain extent, but that's if you include the 20 already in it. But the fact is that they didn't do a good job of spending that 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 huge sum of money. So how will they spend it this this summer? That's what I'm worried. Well, you see in today's it, ball record, they, they're negotiating a left back to take over for, for Grimaldo. Grimaldo's as good as gone. He's, he's done. He's not coming back. He's done. So I mean, if he could, and so you start like, okay, cool. Who is this guy? Start. He's on a free. I mean, you know what I mean? Look, like, yo, spend the money I, wisely. I think the biggest thing is that you got to understand that if Roger Smith is coming and everything points that he is, I think that his approach to scouting and getting guys is going to be different than what we've had. At least I would hope so. Um, so we're ho we're hoping that Roger Smith has already some guys under his eye that he wants to um, that he wants to bring. Uh, so I, I really want to get away from those lottery buys from from Brazil or South America or whatever. Uh, Boris is saying that we should look at the Scandinavian market. 
uh, I think that every market goes through different eras or, or generations, if you will. I mean, at some point, the Scandinavian was was very was very enticing. Uh, and other times, there's other markets. The Serbian market at some point was very enticing. Also, it goes by generations. And Alfredo, I think that when you it look goes at, by quality at, of player, Alfredo. It, yeah, that's what, what it's about. Saying, right? But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? Teams that either win a, a U21 World Cup or a U21 European Championship, you know that there's there's some promise in that generation. Um, so the, that's probably what Benfica should be looking at, like. England just has a very good generation of young players. It doesn't mean that they're going to be successful further down the line, but the talent is there, much like Portugal has had, and Portugal has now a good generation of young players. The only thing I'll say about the English, Alfredo, is look out throughout European football. Are there a lot of English players outside of the UK that are having success? That's the question. But they don't need to go. They, they get paid well. Exactly, but I don't know if they adapt Really well. The only outside. guy would be Abraham on Roma would probably be the only. He's only he's, guy. A, he's actually had a good season. He's yeah. actually had a good season. But yeah, I mean, these guys don't really, and like you said, Alfred, they don't have to, and maybe it takes them a little bit longer to adapt outside. I mean, Bellingham at, at, at Dortmund, he's he's really good. Uh, Dave. Yeah, he's really as they were saying. Uh, rumors say a PSV CDM and is coming in a winger Nedish. Isn't that Nedish is that supposed really to come now? Young yeah. winger, he signed for the rest of the season with um, with uh, with a team back in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. He signed for the rest of the season because the guys in Ukraine and Russia that could sign, remember oh, the clubs yeah. could sign two players, mm-hmm. and uh, he was rumored to, to be coming, and then ultimately didn't come. And then he wound up, uh, I forget what Brazilian club he went to, but yeah, he signed uh, yeah. over there with somebody, yeah, Boris. Lindelof was part of that year, uh, that Swedish team that won yep. the the Euro, right? That beat Portugal, the U twenty or U twenty one or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was so playing, he was playing right back at the time. That, that come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't look at it. I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna you know throw a dart at a map, and I'm I just I go get the good player. I don't give a shit where he comes from. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about the sporting game. We go get go get Pelusic, baby. One nothing, one nothing, Darwin. Um, I, and I thought that Benfica always looked comfortable. They never looked like they were being uh, suffocated by Sporting. Always very solid in the back, able to collect things, uh, with the exception of Lacadimus punching a couple balls. Uh, I thought the defense did pretty well. Gilberto, Grimaldo, Otamendi, Vertonghen. Um, I, it's hard to single out guys uh, because I thought the team played very well to their capabilities. And look, we we need to get these little victories, and a victory over the Lagartas is always a good uh, victory, especially if it's one that breaks that that tiebreaker that you've had in derbies. Uh, now we have more wins than they did do. Um, but yeah, I mean, always get if you always look comfortable despite you know. The refereeing mistakes, and we can get into that if you guys want. A um, couple dubious plays, Coates with the with with the with the studs on on the foot of uh, I forgot who it was, um, and then you had uh, it wasn't that uh, Darwin again because the same yeah, thing Darwin. happened again uh, against Porto for him too. Yeah, and then Sarabia on the 
the calf of, of Vertonghen, and I thought that would have been a red for sure. That's a red all day. The most the infuri- thing you could say, I mean, it's a bang-bang play, missed the ball. But you know what the most infuriating thing about both of those plays was, guys? It wasn't even the card or no card. It was the fact that that shouldn't even go to VAR. If it was a delta drop, it would have gone to VAR. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. straight red. What are you talking it didn't about? Even, yeah, we didn't even got to VAR. It would have gone straight red and then go to VAR and give him a double red. But, <laughs> bro, it didn't even go to VAR. How does that one... It, it, look, the the the, the Kowats, it, there's no excuse. It's got to go to far, right? But 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 the other one, are, are you like, are you effing kidding me, bro? Like again, you're a referee, Alfred. We talk about this often. A red card is no different if it's in the sixth minute no. or the sixtieth minute. This whole shit of because I heard it in the I heard of the play by play guy. Oh, sit on my start. Like, shut the fuck. Like, come on, dude. Like. Yo, bro. So you punch somebody in the face in the first minute, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a yellow. Like you're not, you know what I mean? So that to me has to go to VAR. And there is no one that's going to convince me otherwise. That is for it's comical, guys. The errors that happen in Portuguese football are comical. There aren't coincidences. This whole bullshit of you know. If it look, if that was Benfica, and that doesn't go to VAR, then now I'm with you guys. Now bring in the media, every media outlet from newspapers to whatever. That shit is printed on front cover. It's starting off the the the, the emergency Ukraine update. But before we go there, is this a penalty for Benfica or not? Okay, let's go back to the bombing of a hospital. That's how it. Like anything with Benfica, is it's it's leading off any show, any program, any magazine, and bro. And this is the thing I tell other guys that don't follow Portuguese football and they're trying to get into it at times, my friends and stuff. And I tell them, look, the one thing that's that that's really frustrating about Portuguese football is when there's a foul, that is, bro, you can sit there. You got no horse in the racing. You're looking at it, and it it, it really is, guys. It's a 50-50 call. Like, it, it could go sporting. I'm going to use sporting now an example. It could you go sporting's way. It could go Benfica's way. Bro, that, that 50-50 call goes Benfica's way. It's oh my god! Everybody goes nuts. Benfica got fair, but then you get plays like this. That again, that has to at the very least. And again, if it went to VAR, still give him a yellow. I still call you a clown. But at least yo, the past was always, you know what I mean. They told me it's cake. You know what I mean? Like just go, go to the freaking VAR. At least you did your job. But how does that not even go to VAR? Yeah, it's inexcusable. Well, you got the the noon Suns play also. No, no, it's to ridiculous. me, that, so that one, that one to me, look, I think he, whatever, was that one, that one, I don't, I, in my book, I don't care. It's just that who it is, and we know what the intention was. They really didn't, they just did a little gesture. He didn't, to me, that one, I could, I could poo poo on, but the other two, come on. And the Vertonghen and Paulinho play also. Did they ever release like a clear image of that? Because no, all I'm no seeing Sportive is cameras. It, it's cameras, VAR, when it's everything in favorite TV. There, it's like the one play two years ago, Porto corner kick, you know, Benfica at Porto. All the cameras stopped working, only one camera. The camera from behind, they didn't work. And then the next day, freaking PZ scores a PK against Braga, and they got a, a zoom camera over his head. Now they got camera. It's just amazing, bro. It's this is again, yeah. Thank God we won that game. Because yeah. had we not won, you know, 
that would have been serious highway robbery. I, I still think it was highway robbery. I think Sarabia gets that red card, and it was right before Darwin's goal. It it it, it would cripple Sporting. Dude, I don't. To me, it's not about crippling. It's not. It's just about getting it right. Fair. That's yeah. To me, that's that's what I care about, man. And I, and I, and, I, and and you guys, Freddy's. You know, you guys. You know, if you have any doubts, or whatever. Go back, roll back the tape. I know I defended El Tarapta. A lot of times I do a little bit more because that it's fun to come on here. But, you know, I do have a soft spot for the guy. But on that one play where he steps on, I came on here and I said, yo, it's a penalty. Like, yo, move up. You know, I mean, it's a red card. Like, you, even when it's against you, you have to admit it, bro. You got to yeah. call a speed of speed. And and, and this it, that is not what's happening in these games. And I was all for, yo, Delta, I got a yellow into VAR, got a red. Yo, see you. That's what yeah. VAR is for, for situations like that. But somehow, some way, for some reason, that has not been implemented when it comes to at least if an, on a play that could potentially favor Benfica throughout the whole season. It just never happens. Yeah. Now, the Vertonghen and Paulinho, there's not enough angles, but it, it does look like Paulinho just, Turned back and swung at Vertonghen, but there's no clear shot. Uh, but yeah, again, that should have been reviewed. They got 25 cameras or whatever it is. They can pick out every hot girl in the crowd if they need it, uh, but they can't. Uh, they can't show a play like that. It's crooked. It's simple as that. And if you needed a better example, this weekend was it was was a huge example on how it's crooked and things are tilted uh and somebody said here in the chat uh that everybody hates benfica everybody loves to hate benfica bro because benfica sells you watch them because you hate them you watch them because you love them you watch it because you're indifferent it just it sells bro yeah that's what it is so but this this uh this weekend was so obvious so obvious, and the fact that you could use VAR as a tool to go and review it. I mean, if you don't see it on a field, you don't see it on a field. But when you could use VAR, and the replays were there to show it, uh, and when you could use it and you don't use it to the good of the game, it's crooked. Simple as that. Bro, what and, have you uh, seen in Portuguese football this year, Alfredo? This reminds you of the, 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 the 90s, but this is worse. The 90s? We all know it wasn't. Well, this is worse it, because there's VAR. Exactly. We all know <laughs> what it was, but if you tell me, yo, Chris, Epa, I didn't have the angle. Like, I know you're bullshitting, but I, what am I going to do? I can't prove that you weren't. You know, now with VAR, with VAR. There's no so excuse. No vic- but again, I can't really blame the referees because Sport TV's cameras don't work a lot of the times. You know what I mean? So yeah. the referees don't have the angles on the floor because Sport TV cameras aren't working, guys. You know, you got to blame Sport TV. That's what it is. No, it was, it was just an awful display. And uh, and sometimes you could think about it and say, well, Portuguese referees are just incompetent. Now, this goes beyond incompetence. I mean, you, you can't possibly look at a play like that and not say that is not a red. Yeah, it's impossible. And, and then the worst part about it is, and you know, I like Sarai, but when he signed from PSV on loan, you know, remember yes, guy, he I, I said the dude, he's going to be the best player in Portugal. I know he hasn't been the best player in Portugal, but he's right up there. He's one of the better, better players in the Portuguese league. I think the dude is, is a serious baller. Look, he starts on the Spanish national team, so it's no easy feat. But um, 
to me, the most appalling part is the guys over oh, there cursing and referee. Like, like, dude, you stepped on the guy, bro. You're that, like, I'm quiet. I keep my head down. Yo, hopefully you miss me. And I'm trying to get out of the way of the referee. I don't want you to remember me. You know what I mean? Forget about me. This guy's over there cursing. Man. That just goes to show you that some of these players on some of these teams, they just feel like, yo, we can do whatever the hell we want. And that's just the, the image that, that is portrayed. We see that with the team up north. That we don't even have to think of. I mean, that's yeah. we know for sure. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, look, it, it's been a really rough season. I know some people are criticizing Rui Pedro Braz for finally speaking up. And I guess it's somewhat I do agree. Like now, especially after game you won on top of it, like now, when you, you drop so many points. Yeah, you, this 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 got to be – this has got to be something that's been happening for a long – not now. You know what I mean? Not now. Uh, right now, it's just you look, lick your wounds and show up to these to these meetings, league meetings, referee meetings, and you wreak havoc. You just flip shit over like, yo, you got to – Toki, but more than amazing. But I guess you got to start somewhere at the same time. You got to start somewhere. Start protesting now. Let them know that you're not stupid. You're aware of what's going on, and but you have to keep this pressure on. You can't just, you know, next week, uh, we're good. You know, this is I something think, that Benfica is going to have to fight from within. I was just thinking about this. I think that if 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 by any miracle of God or whatever may. If Benfica ever decides to move to the Spanish league and they're accepted as a Spanish league, I think the, the the Portuguese league might die. It'd be done. It'd be worse than the than the than the the, uh, the what is it? Hearts, Celtic, and Rangers. It'd be worse it's than got, that. Scott. It'd be worse than that because yeah. those guys at least have the British media behind them, and they're always going to be relevant to whatever Portuguese league. Without Benfica, it's going to be pointless. Yeah. I wish they would do it. It'll take me yeah. a couple of years. Take me a five years minimum to to to, to you know to, to to balance themselves out, and they need a huge injection of money. Uh, be a very very tough tough ask, but I think Benfica will get on their feet eventually, and then they'll be right there with Atletico Madrid challenging uh, you know the other two big giants. But yeah. but but I would. <laughs> I know it's some you guys are gonna think I'm stupid, but I would I would be content of of being the third wheel and fighting. With the other guys winning a title every 10 years, if only if it meant that the Portuguese league, yeah, merda. <laughs> just to show them, bro. Just yeah. to show them. You mess with the wrong. But look, at the same time, Portuguese football needs to be around. The league needs to to to, to get better. The, the, the organizers. I mean, it just like you and Carlos said earlier, this just needs a whole new makeover, man. It really does from inside out. Yeah. Um but and I'm until, not talking and we're not Talking about the the type of makeover that you put lipstick on a pig. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what it is, Alfredo. Until when there's big money, and, and there just won't be. It won't be because nobody's going to want to invest in this crap. But until there's there's big money from the outside being brought in, we're going to see this pony show, this bullshit show, yeah. right? But when there, if 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 we're lucky that big money comes from that, people are going to want results. People are going to want questions. They're going to have questions. They're going to want answers. You get what I'm saying? But until then, they're just going to keep, you know, like you said, yeah. and they tell you it's Madonna. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep it moving. Gary B, I agree with you. I don't know what Benfica did to Noon Sunch for him to be such a fucking prick. I, I understand that they let him go, but that happens to many, many players. But that, this dude seems like he has some kind of vendetta against Benfica. 
Who's Gary P? Where the hell you see Gary, Gary P? He said Nuno Sanchez a prick. I don't see. Yeah, him he's like more that. than a prick, man. He's he's right there at the Otavio level, I think. How come I don't see Gary in my chat, bro? He, Maybe you blocked him. It there. Gary blocked me, bro. Gary yeah, probably blocked me because he's been talking to be me. Solution. Alfredo. Gary probably blocked me because he talked to me and I didn't see him. And he thinks I ignored him. And now, you know what I mean? They got to block me on top. Yeah. Nah, he didn't block. <laughs> but I don't know if foreign referees are the solution. I just they're, they're just not as influenceable, if that's even a word. What? Foreign referees. They're not just. They might not just be influenced as easy as Portuguese referees. Um, but I don't know if he's if if that's a solution. I look. I um. I think it'd make the spectacle better. It could. I, I, I think it would. I think if you did have foreign referees, look. Let, let's let's not kid ourselves. In in every league, these referees have an agenda, right? Big big teams are always going to get big calls, favorable calls, and yeah. we like it or not. But you know, these referees aren't aren't you know no 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 engines the money outside. But uh, it, it's something I would like to see because I, I think a lot of these guys that you know they're influenced, but a lot of these guys are just not very good at their job, and so therefore they're even influenced even easier because like oh, pato faz com manamos. Or tu amanhã para a semana estás uh, num batatal a arbitrar o jogo e never going to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those guys are re- like, they're not good. And then on top of it, they're easier to influence. So if you bring respected referees from the outside, but the thing is, like, what do you put them? In a Benfica Sporting? And then you bring a, a, a some type of palhaço to, to referee Porto. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be. But then what do you do? You put foreign referees in the all three big teams games what about the other guy you know what i mean they just yeah i don't know if there's a way to fix it but i wish I, what i wish they would do though i think this would be a good way to cure a lot of this shit but just not just in portugal but in other leagues as well is you rotate referees through every league because you know then portuguese referees want to be out of jobs they'd be getting better by going to spain and it, you know what i mean i i think if they rotate the referees Maybe six referee. I think it's, it's not a bad idea. Well, you, you have to go through some accreditation classes, right? Like I know to uh, Alfredo, you're the resident uh, referee here. <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine Fabio Verissim with you know refereeing or officiating an EPL game. How many stoppages would we have? No, but didn't we see? But didn't we see <laughs> one of the Portuguese referees in recent? I don't know if it was Europa League or Champions League. That's some bullshit calls too, like penalties, <laughs> dubious penalties. Like, and they, they were yeah. criticizing. Re- it, it was, was just uh, recent. Wasn't it? It might have been Swartz 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 Yeah, it was Swartz 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 Swartz. Swartz. It was. It was a, a, like a Europa League game, I think. Europa, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, these guys <laughs> look. Epak, when continue is muito bom, you're not good. You know, that's it. <laughs> sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Yeah, sometimes. Um. Anyway, let's wrap up this sporting game. Uh, good ah, the only thing the only to... thing we gotta say left left to say <laughs> your homeboy, my hometown representing once again, bro. Rep- he came in, 
he did a jinga there. He took on five, six, five. Like, I had to look up twice. Like, who the, who's, who's that? <laughs> who's this guy? Like, who? And then he, then he, you know, final 30 fucked it up. But still, he, yo, he came in with Garra. He came in with, yo, he wanted to play. And, and credit to him. The only thing I'll say is I only thought about this afterwards. Right? He scored and obviously put Bifiga to And it's always good. It don't matter. Yeah. It don't matter if Bifiga is in third and first and sixth and 12th. Bro, a rivalry game against the Lagartos. I know there's people that I know are like, oh, if Benfica win this game, it's really going to, yo, it's going to give the title to Porto. At the end of the day, Porto is not going to lose that title anyway, right? Even, you yeah. know, they always play with 14 every game. Um, They're not losing that title. So, yo, I want to beat the Lagartos every chance I can. So it's good to put that game out of reach. But the only thing, and, and I, somebody mentioned, or I don't remember, whatever it was, was, yo, he, maybe he should have let it go or passed it. To João Mario and let João Mario put the final nail in the coffin. I think that would have been probably <laughs> the only the only thing sweeter. Yeah. No, I you know, and I thought that we were gonna end up with the short end of the stick when I saw seven minutes added added on. Seven minutes for what? Yeah. There weren't. It, it, but he well, didn't even make well, all his five substitutions. But that's what I was gonna say. I don't. I don't. I don't remember how many. But you know, you know how it is. It's it's thirty seconds for goal, right? No, you're right. Thirty seconds for substitution. He brought Bernard, Bernardo, Gil Dias, Andre Almeida, and Jomar. That's a minute fifty, those, right there. Those were that, his four minutes. subs. That's two minutes, right there. Yeah. Plus a goal. That's two thirty. A goal. Yeah. The goal was in the first half, though. Yeah, man. What first half? What's the matter with you? Gil Dias scored in the first half. Yeah, but Gil no, Gil but they had already announced plus. the seven minutes. Already in out of time. Oh, was oh there was it? No, I, no, it wasn't it like yeah, the eighty nine with ninety plus. Ninety seconds. Was it? Oh shit! No, that was yeah, seven, when I saw seven minutes, like seven minutes for what? How many stoppages have have there been? Well, maybe it was, it was that, little, that noon sun. That was that little thing, thing, but that was in seven minutes worth. Seven minutes. Oh, hold oh, on. God. So you got two minutes of substitutions by Benfica. You have what? What they do? Three. So another minute and a half. So you have you have three and a half minutes. Usually, that thirty, sec that 30 five minutes seconds. Does that work most. though? That, does that still work now? Because it, you can make five substitutions, but it's only three stoppages. That's so right. Three, the three set. Yeah, the I thought of that. Would be for the. Yeah, so I thought of that, Dave. Right? But they don't all go in at the same time. You know, it's like 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 line shifts and, and one goes out the one way, the other one. Yeah, goes yeah, out this no, way. yeah. That's why I still I still said the thirty seconds. Because I thought of that, but you know how it is. These guys don't all get announced at once. Not like you know, uh, you know, football. All three come out. Like you know, they all take their time. They got to go one by one, and then you're coming out and you're by the sideline, but you start walking by the corner flag to then come back. To, you know, Sasha make it. it. Look, it was one of those games that everything was prepared for Sporting to beat Benfica. And oh, we yeah, ended up winning the game. But everything was prepared for, for Rafika to lose this game. Yeah, look, and that crowd was souped up before the game. They were amped up. You know, and, yep. and I spoke to the sport. He's like, oh, you know, the clock's not there. There was no atmosphere. And I said, bro, I, I, I felt the atmosphere when they were singing their uh, Wanna Be Frank Sinatra song at the beginning. <laughs> I saw that. They 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 had they they were pretty amped up, but I think Benfica did a good job. And look, credit once again. We talked about the Benfica's going out to Anfield. And credit to the Benfica's at Alvalade, man. They, you know, they they did that cortejo, it's beautiful and, thing, and, singing and the whole time. And then, bro, yeah, we experienced that. Thankfully, um, phenomenal. If you guys haven't had the privilege of doing it, you know, go go to Portugal. 
be careful. Don't get beat up and then blame me. But you know, go to Portugal. <laughs> you should ex experience that. It's it's it should be uh, on the Benfica bucket list. Um, but yeah, the they were the supporters were loud. They were loud. Yeah. They made themselves. They made their presence felt. So look, all in all, a good week in the Benfica world. Um, Absolutely. Anytime you beat the Lagarde, it was a good week. Yeah. Uh, and so we just we got to build on this. Uh, you know, it's sad that we lost a couple weeks ago. We went from six to nine because now maybe could have been at three and things could have yeah. gotten a little bit more interesting. Now there's four games left. We're down six points. It'd be a lot sweeter to get that second place and qualify for next year's Champions League direct uh, because we all saw what could happen. You know, look, different coach, whatever, but shit happens, right? Uh, you never know the type of draw you're going to get. You never know who's going to get injured. You never know if Benfica's going to handle the business early. You're going to bring in player. You never know. There's just so much at stake. So it would have been nice to be at three points now with four to go. Pressure maybe mounts on them. And Benfica was able to, to, to secure that second place, but... Look, you still got to play for it. Uh, you still have to do everything you can to to to, to get the most yep. uh, victories possible. And again, some of these guys, <clears throat> some of these guys, it's not just about winning the three points. Not just about winning a game for the remaining of the year. Some of these guys sh should be playing for their Benfica future, for their Benfica life. Yeah, Show. and I thought about that too. Yeah, there's a lot at stake. There's a yep. lot at stake because you want to convince, you know, Ricosta, uh, Coelho. You want to convince Roger Schmidt, who I believe will be watching. Y you know, look, you, you want to show that you have something inside you. You got to give me a reason to want to bring you back. And so if, if they – I like to think that someone inside Benfica has had this conversation with these guys. If they haven't, they need to hire me, you know, to bring up the obvious. But, you know, these are things that should be brought up. And, and mention to these guys that, like, yo, at the end of the day, even if it is the end of your Benfica career, go out on top, man. Like, yo, it's a privilege uh, to put on this shirt. Yeah. So, good win. Now we turn our attention to Famalicão. The game happens when? Uh, Saturday, Dave? Saturday, 1 p.m.? Let me see here. I'm pretty sure it's Saturday. Raining Entertainment uh, is asking. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to catch what some time, of that. 18, uh, so, so 3 uh, o'clock Eastern. 6 o'clock there. No, yeah. 1 p.m. 1 yeah, p.m. our time. Yeah, 6 there. Yeah, 6 o'clock. Yeah, 6 o'clock. Uh, what's Fomalico up to this year, Dave? Uh, this year, Fomalico uh, is in 13th position with uh, 29 points from uh, 6 wins, 11 draws, uh, 13 defeats. Only four points uh, uh, on top of the uh, relegation zone, so they're still uh, pretty much in the uh, thick of in the thick of it for the relegation uh, battle with four games to go. Uh, they're currently winless in their last six, uh, three draws, three defeats, and their last victory coming against uh, Tondela on uh, February 26th. Historically, uh, 17 wins, three draws, and uh, one defeat uh, against Famalicão. Yeah. Familico uh, turned around. They were they were in the bottom for a while, and then they uh, made a couple pickups over the winter break, and uh, they really turned around. They're, they've been playing well. Um, so we'll see. Vamos we'll ver. see. Vamos ver se o specialist, uh, specialist is, uh, Seppi specialist, will have these guys prepped to play this week. Uh, yeah. Because this is a typical Benfica, what we've seen, that inconsistent Benfica we've seen all year, right? Show up, yeah, 
matches and, we and expect here's, them. Here's the thing that I'm that I'm thinking of. Uh, after the outpour of support at Anfield and after the outpour of support at Alvalade, I think the team has definitely realized that the fan base hasn't given up on them despite the, the poor season that they've had. Uh, so maybe they'll get it in their heads. Let's let's have a good final stretch of the season and give something to the fans that they could be happy about. Hopefully, that's my hope as a fan. So we'll see. Probably. We uh, we have it on good authority that Grimaldo's gone. Yeah, Grimaldo's gone, guys. Not not probably. He's sayonara. Peace out. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, and the hate from my boy Adele. I Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I we'll see, man. But there's plenty to talk about. We're, we're gonna do our end of the season special in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, Grimaldo is gone, ski, and there's a couple yeah. more guys that are gone. There's some I new think guys. You got, you're gonna have to to count on Darwin being gone, also. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, do you think we have the replace his replacement already with the club, or we go out and get another Grimaldo striker? or Darwin? No, Darwin with the club. Dave, why are you why are you trying to start a fire? Uh, well, look at the strikers we have. It, 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 he's asking for a friend. Who is Seferovic? Yeah. No, no, no. Come on, all, all all jokes aside, do you think the team starts building around Yeremchuk? Is what I'm trying to to get to. He's no. another. Bro, as I said before, Dave. Money on. As uh, I said before, if you didn't listen to me, Dave, it, we're not gonna sell this guy for a hundred million. Not bring nobody in. That'll yeah. be sad. I mean, Dave. I, I mean, I like to think that Roger Schmidt's gonna want. Bro, we're gonna need. We're gonna get another real striker. Yeah. But this, is, this that... has been the problem with Benfica the last five years: is just buy strikers and fill the gaps with uh, left back, right back, center mids, goalkeepers. Yeah. We. we we just talked about Benfica aiming, aiming for, you know, quarterfinals of the Champions League. You really telling me Sverovic, Darwin, uh, Sverovic, no. Gonzalo Ramos, and and Yarmchuk that gives you that confidence that Benfica could, you know, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe they they build it back a, a hell of a team in the midfield and the we defense. Already, maybe. We already said maybe. this that maybe Ramos is uh, next year's version of Darwin, right? Because this what Ramos has been doing this year has left you wanting more from from him and maybe this is just his coming out party him getting used to uh used to the league and maybe we we see a Darwin 2.0 next yeah. season with Ramos. I I don't know man to be perfectly honest with you I think that Yaramchuk is not going to do well with Roger Schmidt. And here's the the reason why because Roger Schmidt is a guy that loves his teams to press high and to counter press, chase the ball, and Yamchuk is not the guy that's going to chase balls all day or going to chase defenders. So it's either he's not going to fit at all or Roger Smith is going to find a way to take the best out of him. Uh, but to me, I expect a lot more from Yamchuk. I understand that uh, there's a lot of things going on right now in his in his home country that could that could play into his mental state. Um, but I also think that he doesn't fit the style that Verissimo likes to play. Uh, so maybe he's a victim of tactics. But I just, I, I don't know, man. I expected a lot more from him. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but Roger Smith likes to press, man. So if you're not a worker on the field, you're going to be screwed. 
Yarm Chuck's not fit to play in the system of Benfica currently playing right now. Yeah, I agree. He needs, he needs service into the box. He's not the type of guy that's going to be running all over the field, pressuring. He needs ball, nupe, cabeza in the box. Forget about everything else. So you might be right yeah. on that. Look, he might not fit this system. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to employ a four-three-three. He likes to play in a four-three-three a lot, which then leads me to believe that it's going to be tough for him. In a four-two, in a four-four-two with another guy doing all that and just leaving him be the old school nine, you know, with 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 quality wingers, guys giving him the service. We got a player there. But if he's not yeah. getting that type of service, he's not being employed in that in that in that yeah. that way. It's not even. I don't, I don't Morris, think I, I agree with you, man. I think that Yarmchuk is the guy that uh, we could throw in the last 10 minutes when we're just showering balls into the box. Yep. All right. Hey, Vinny. But as Christian Vinicius, said, service. Vinicius, is he, how long was his loan uh, for? 18 with, months? Yeah. Wasn't it 18 yeah, months? Yeah, 18 months. Okay. Let's, uh, let's add Vinicius on a package that brings uh, any PSV player that we need. Use him as a yeah, go get that young kid, the nineteen-year-old. That dude was phenomenal. Nah, yeah, why not? I mean, so you want you want to go get the players from PSV? You want to get the Palio Sick off of it? Those those kids are already uh, being eyeballed, big time. All right, so well, let's wrap it up. What else we got? What else? Better go to that. sleep. An hour and thirty minutes. It's a lot. Didn't talk about any games. <laughs> <laughs> no need to talk about games. <laughs> talk about the games, the refereeing games, guys. Yeah. You know, there's only four games left. Yeah. I got to be honest. I'm looking forward to the end of the season. I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to miss the Freddies. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to miss. Yeah. Freddies, we uh, are I'm excited. actually working on a possible yeah. live appearance here in New Jersey. So if you're from the area... Uh, stay tuned. Yeah, if you if you live in near if you live in New Jersey, in two weeks we might have something live. You guys get to come out and meet us. Buy me beer if you want. I don't drink, but you can buy me beer. Team, uh, team Carlos, says that every, every part Carlos. should be ninety to one hundred and twenty minutes. Just saying. Team. Yeah, Newark. So does he think we work for free or, or what? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> yep, Newark. Yep. Benfica 205. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but yeah, it'll be Newark. We may she be doing a, a live pod somewhere. Yeah, Shiku will be there. Shiku will be there. <laughs> Shiku's always there. Yeah. Shiku. Yo, listen, we'll be live like this, just like this. We'll just be coming to you live from a from a venue. Um right. so you guys still get to be involved and ask your questions. So uh yeah, Timo, get 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 your ass down here. Yeah. That'd be nice. You can I'm stay in Cristiano's basement. Too. Yeah, for sure. Or the shed. I put up a shed in the backyard, Alfredo. <laughs> a shed. <laughs> All right, everyone. All right, guys. Thanks for um, for being here and and uh, being participative as always in the chat. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next week. Love you guys. Cristiano, I love you. Take care, everyone. Oh, you see this guy? See this guy? Number one bullshit guy. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Later.